Hi, I'm Tracy Minoknuku, the host of the Sexy Aging Podcast and author of My Menopause Memoir. I started my podcast to open up the conversation for women transitioning through menopause because nobody was talking about it. In my podcast, you'll have all your questions on midlife health, fitness, longevity, career changes, and relationships answered with some of the world's leading experts in these fields. Midlife is an amazing time to evaluate how you're going to live the second half of your life. I recommend you do this with a bit of sass and keep it sexy. You can find my podcast anywhere you tune in to listen to your favourite podcasts. My Sexy Aging Lifestyle course launched last month and I couldn't have been happier with the response by women who've taken the course. Here's what Fiona, a Canadian fitness professional and trainer for CanFit Pro had to say. I really enjoyed the chapter-based learnings on video. Tracy knows her stuff and is super engaging. As a 26-year veteran of the fitness industry, there's always more to know and to keep us going through the next 26 years. This course is a great place to dig deep and come away with tools and tips, not just for yourself, but for clients. Thanks, Fiona. My goal is that this course is for all women, those who want to know about menopause and those going through it now. The course will help you understand your body and the easy hacks you can start today to successfully implement and support your symptoms. I have a podcast exclusive discount without an expiry date if you're interested. Go to www.sexyaging.com and use the code SEXYAGING10 for 10% off this course. I'll put that in the show notes. See you there. My next guest is a bit of a legend. I connected with Mark when I was accepted into the MedFit Mastermind program for fitness business professionals. Mark was our coach. Mark is the founder of Fitness Business Specialist, author of the Business of Personal Training book at Human Kinetics, a fitness business consultant, and a fitness studio owner. Mark's vast experience as a personal trainer and train-the-trainer facilitator has exposed him to people from all walks of life, including midlife women and women experiencing menopause. Our common experience is how we didn't know a lot about this life stage and the challenges associated with training women in midlife when we were young personal trainers in our 20s, but how essential it is now for personal trainers to continue to broaden their knowledge base across a wider scope of specialities. For any personal trainers out there listening in, there will be 1 billion women in the menopause transition by the year 2025. It's a good time to get educated on menopause and how you can help your clients. It's interesting to note that women at this life stage are often at the peak of their careers and consider health and fitness as an essential to life. On a personal note, I'm grateful to Mark for his guidance during our mastermind sessions as the result was My Sexy Aging Lifestyle course, which is available online now with more specialised fitness training tools coming up in the not too far future. With that carrot dangled, let's get on with the interview. So it's a happy good morning from New Zealand and evening in the USA. Welcome to the Sexy Aging Podcast, Mark Nutting. Mark is the founder and CEO of the Fitness Business Specialist, author of the Business of Personal Training, and a consultant and studio owner. Mark and I met 
through, we actually haven't physically met. You know how it is these days, you meet everyone through online, but that's changing. But because of our locations, Mark and I met through the MedFit Business Mastermind course, and Mark was my facilitator. Um, and I just want to credit Mark for um, a lot of his advice and support and the collaboration, the way he facilitated the group in the mastermind course. Um, because since the course, I have gone on to tick a lot of the items that I said that I would do. So I get to say thank you here right now, Mark. Um, thank you for all your help. <laughs> oh, my pleasure. It was a lot of fun, actually. It's super fun, eh? Um, and it's good to stay in touch with everyone. I feel like I've got a new family in the US. So um, it, it was really, really awesome. Uh, but how did you get started in the fitness industry? You've been around um, the block a few times. You've been here a while. So let's hear <laughs> <Yeah>. about it. <laughs> to say the least, yeah. Uh, I um, started training my first clients back in 1980. So that makes it 42 years, really. Uh, how did I get started in the industry? Well, I, uh, I started... Actually, I started college as a chemistry major and uh, got disenchanted with the way the university ran their program and went for my second love, which was really exercise science, but they didn't actually offer exercise science back in the day. They offered, you know, you know 100 years mm. ago, um, they only offered physical education. So I majored in physical education, but through that, I ended up working at a human performance laboratory and working with a cardiac rehab program. And I always tell the story that, you know, you, 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 there were certain points when you realize that this is the thing I want to do the rest of my life. And I, in working in this cardiac rehab program, I had this lady who was, had just had a heart attack and just in recovery. You know, we, uh, I was in teaching the class, it, we would just simply walk around the gym and do various exercises and, you know, reaching, stretching, you know, just, just simple, simple stuff. Uh, six months go by and, and this lady uh, I'll call Mary because that's how I remember it in my head. But Mary said that, you know, Mark, I've, I've been thinking about getting more exercise. And I was, what do you think about me getting an exercise bicycle for home? And I was just like, okay, you know, she's, she's actually early seventies, mid seventies, and she just had a heart attack. And now she's changing her life and wanting to get more active than she was more than just the, the couple times a week we met with uh, the uh, cardiac rehab class. And then about six months later, she came back to me and goes, you know, I was, I've never learned how to swim. I was just thinking about taking swimming lessons. And again, we're in our seventies to start to take swimming lessons. And I'm just going, this is the coolest profession ever, which is how it all started for me. And, uh, and from, no, from I there, just want to jump in there and say, like, you, you said that you started training clients in 1980, like this is before it became trending. Like I remember when Madonna got a personal trainer and everyone's like what the heck is that why can't she i mean and then just look at her body right and so i think madonna actually did really good things for the fitness industry as far as personal training oh, went. But, yeah. but you were ahead of the game well yeah i mean the you know i you didn't you never thought it would be a profession mm. you know you, i essentially managed health clubs as long as i've been a personal trainer and you know you managed to make a make your living and personal training was kind of this side thing that yeah, you didn't really make any money at, uh, but it was a, it was something I really enjoyed and, and loved working with people. Um, but yeah, I mean, as you said, I mean, uh, occasionally I get asked who my mentors were. And I go, there weren't a lot of people back then. So, you know, 
there there wasn't a whole lot of inspiration as to I want to be this like that this personal trainer or that personal trainer. You know, there just it wasn't a profession. Yeah. Or it wasn't. You know, it was it was if anything, it was subculture. I mean, you you can go back and look at strongmen, and and some of the strongmen uh, actually would train, be also be trainers uh, with royalty. You know, they would they would work with royalty and everything else, uh, and uh, but nobody again that's okay that's a freak thing that that's not yeah. an industry that's not an industry or a profession you know for the normal person uh, so yeah i mean it was it was uh, you know there was sort of a lot of finding your own way you know when i first started out how's this going to work uh, but you know like i said early on it was it decided that that helping people get healthier and, and more fit was definitely my calling yeah. And so you've been doing that for 40 plus years, but you've actually segued into quite a few other areas of the fitness industry. So tell us a little bit more about some of the other roles and um, responsibilities that you have, because there are many. <laughs> well, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm one of those guys where, you know, if I'm not, not working in a, a bunch of different angles, I, I sort of lose my in, inspiration. I mean, I, I will always personal train people because I love that. Uh, but through the years too, you know, and the management, uh, I enjoy also enjoy training trainers and working with trainers and helping them do better in their profession. Um, you know, the the idea. Well, let me kick back. I've I used to lecture on. Well, <laughs> I, at one point I was it was the curriculums coordinator for Town Sports International, which was the yeah. third largest health club chain in the United States. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I created the in-house curriculum for the personal trainers in-house certification program. And, uh, you know, I always enjoyed that education part. And, well, you know, you know, segue poorly is back when I was one of the only personal trainers, we clubs that I worked for would need more personal trainers. And I would start, you know, teaching people from scratch how to become a personal trainer. And through the years that just continued up, you know, and then again, I worked as this curriculums coordinator for TSI and uh, just love the education part of that. As I was doing that, I, you know, I, I realized too that I wanted to present at conferences. And what I wanted to do was, was fill in the gaps for trainers who really didn't, who were missing areas of, of education. Mm -hmm. I would see people uh, see trainers try to do sports conditioning drills and things, plyometrics, and 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 just be really off the mark with how they're doing it. And, and so I wanted to make sure I I researched those things and was able to teach them. So I got involved with the National Strength and Conditioning Association, uh, who's you know was all about sports conditioning, and works actually ended up working with them in a volunteer basis for almost twenty years. Um, you know, as state director, regional director, uh, actually worked for, uh, I actually ran for the board of directors three different times. Uh, but, you know, so involved in the industry in, in an organizational, organizational sense, but back to the lecturing, I got the information. I, so I was teaching periodization for personal trainers. I was teaching plyometrics for personal trainers. And through the years of, of trying to fill in the gaps, I realized in one of my jobs that the biggest thing that they that trainers didn't really understand was how to run their own business. Mm 
mm. how to get clients, how to sell themselves, all, all those things. I had one trainer that I inherited from a job I took and he, you know, he looked great on paper. He had master's in, in exercise science, a bachelor's in exercise science. He had major certifications and he could not get a client. <laughs> he was great if he was great if you handed him one, but he couldn't get one on his own. And, you know, I worked with him over and over and, you know, he, he just, he ended up leaving the industry because he couldn't make it happen with all that education and all that stuff going on. And you know that it had to be backed by desire. He ends up leaving it because he, he can't make a living. So I wanted to do, I wanted to fill in that gap, which was the business end of things. And so for the past 15 years, I've really focused on the business of, of it, fitness, business in general, truthfully, you know, because the concepts are the same no matter where you are. I mean, no, no matter what business you're in. Yeah. Um, and uh, so, so really taking a deep dive into everything business, I could suck up the information and, uh, and started presenting on business topics uh, at conferences. And because of I was one of, I won't say, I certainly wasn't the first. There were a number of guys who got very well, very popular doing business. I mean, Phil Kaplan was one of them and a couple mm -hmm. others um, early on, but, you know, they weren't very widespread. And so, I mean, there's certainly a market for more people presenting on business topics. So I really got into that. And through my presenting, uh, I made connections with uh, people at Human Kinetics and they, a friend of mine through there, uh, Roger Earl, approached me and said, you know, we need somebody to write the business of personal training for us. And so I ended up, you know, spending three years uh, putting together this book, which came out in 2018. Um, and then, you know, continuing business, uh, working together, trying to uh, create actually what the fitness business specialist program is, is I'm it's it's in still in the process still in the works but it is a fitness business certification program so that you know it's a way for people to gauge or or be able to judge that they do know business enough to be able to go out on their own and, and understand it yeah so you know so so businesses and then then running business mastermind groups and other things, business became my focus. But you know, at the same time, I'm still presenting on fitness topics. Uh, you know, making making your group fitness program, you know, an, an elite program. Uh, lecturing on motivational interviewing and other topics like that. So it's business is not the only thing I do. I'm still knee deep in in everything else. I can wrap my mind around brain yeah. fitness is a, another great topic. Yeah, well, I was just saying, doing everything that you're doing is going to keep your brain really fired up, right? And it's well, important. Yeah, that's yeah. certainly one reason too, yeah. Yeah, and just to keep learning and keep growing because things are changing and evolving. But I've got a question for you. So, um, you know, obviously there are trends, right? <laughs> there are trends in fitness, there are trends in fashion, there's trends in music. And I feel like I've come to a certain age where I'm sort of seeing things come back, <laughs> especially fashion. But... Um, can you think of anything in fitness particularly where you go, where you think back, oh, we used to do that. Oh, it's back again. Can you think of anything like that? Well, there were, there were a lot of implements, old implements that, you know, came back, you know, kettlebells were something that they've been around forever. Medicine balls, they've been around forever. 
and came back and and were were treated like ooh this is new and fancy (laughs) yeah no it's been there for a long time you know free weights in general you know i i you know i started with free weights and then then you know then there were the machines nautilus came out and you know even and this is how i played football in college and american football and uh the uh you know, strength and conditioning, you think is a big deal. And, but we didn't have a strength and conditioning coach back in my day. It was the, the football coaches kind of going with, here's what we know. And, and this is how we trained and here's how you're going to train. Uh, but Nautilus came out and our strength and conditioning program was, you know, our winter workouts included the Nautilus circuit, which is, you know, completely not in anybody's book these days, as far yeah. as, you know, strength and conditioning goes, you know, so it's, it's, it was weird that that became bigger and bigger and it continued to. And even, even with me, you know, the machines got fancier and cool, you know, and I envisioned my perfect gym as being, you know, just like tons of machines. And, and uh, now what I have is a boutique fitness studio that has, you know, one cable machine and free weights for the most part and open space. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's 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 what I've noticed with the trends as well. It did the the free weights to the machines and rooms full of machinery, and then kind of like, no, now all you need is this to get the job right. done. So yeah, very yeah. cool. Um, one of the questions I was going to ask you is, um, you know, like you, obviously you've come from a, a fitness background, a football background. How do you train yourself today? Like what changes have you made today? Or if, if any, I'm <laughs> just making an assumption, bad assumption. What changes <laughs> have, have you made or adapted um, to help you, help you stay fit and healthy today? Well, you know, it's, it's funny because I've always, I had always been a strength and power athlete, you know, from, from the days in, in college, uh, but always loved that, you know, when I was squatting over 500 pounds, you know, you, you kind of go, yeah, this is, yeah, what you should be doing, you know, guys do this. Um, and I, I did that for years and years. I'd, you know, get bored and change focus and, you know, put, get, put weight on, take weight off. Um, I didn't have a sport or anything I was training for. So you, you kind of went with the flow of going to going, now I want to do this. Uh, but I think it was about 15, uh, 12, 15 years ago, I started teaching my wife, was a, was a fitness professional as well. And, and actually we worked together at this one club where she was a fitness, she was the group fitness director and I was the fit fitness director. Oh, like uh, me which, and my husband, we did that too. <laughs> did you? Yeah. Yeah. The, the, t- you know, the our offices trouble. were side by side. <laughs> Same. Our, our offices, and, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And we just yell at each other, you know, through the walls, yeah. you know, if you wanted something. Uh, we, we ended up, you know, she would, she coaxed me into teaching this group fitness weightlifting class. And it, uh, you know, I was kind of like, okay. I mean, I also taught group fitness since I was, you know, since cardiac rehab. I mean, I'd, I'd always taught some kind of group fitness uh, as well. So, so it wasn't the group fitness thing, but it was, you know, a choreographed kind of thing. Uh, if you're familiar with Les Mills, it, it, you know. <laughs> okay, Mark, I worked for Les Mills for 27 years. <laughs> it was it Les Mills you worked for? Yeah. So, <laughs> so you're there, talking about the, body pump? <laughs> Well, the offshoot of that, I mean, the body okay. training systems came up yep. and, and so yep. now MOSA. And oh, okay, been, yes. Yeah. We've been working with MOSA, you know, yep. for 12, 15 years now. Oh, wow. Uh, so the, the equivalent to body pump, which was group power. 
Yep. And I've been teaching group power for, for 12 years. Awesome. Um, and I thought, I thought to myself, you know, these programs are really, and of course, they're very similar. So, you know, we can talk yep. in general about those. Um, in general, they are uh, muscle endurance, you know, higher, high intensity, high but muscle, in, yeah, yeah, high reps. I mean, when you're squatting, you know, it's not three sets of 10, mm. it's 96 reps or, you know, something. I have one person in the classroom who counts them going, you know, there are 96 reps in this. Yeah. The um, hardcore people, right? They'll tell you, they'll come back and tell you, tell actually, you, yeah. you did 98 today and it was supposed to be 96 because last week we did 96. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. They're going, okay. You get that. Yeah. Uh, the, um, but I, you know, when I started teaching this, I thought to myself, yeah, okay, well, I'll do this and then I'll get my real workout in, you know, the, the strength and power workout in on my off days. Well, you know, it was, didn't take long for me to realize that you could take a higher rep scenario and really work that to its maximum. And, and was it necessary to then go get a, you know, a strength and power routine? And, uh, you know, I realized, you know, both from injuries that I had and everything, I, you know, I just don't need to be that strong anymore you know, be the strong man anymore in that sense, you know, how much strength do you need at, at a certain point? So, you know, I ended up just teaching that. And frankly, that's all I still do. I mean, I teach four group power classes a week and uh, that's my strength training. And as it happens that, you know, and I, I don't know what, what Les Mills is like these days, but, but uh, for uh, group power, it's gotten become very functional too. Yeah. So multi-directional, you know, all kinds of different movements. Uh, there's everything from jumping to, you know, all kinds of variations. So it's, it really uh, is a nice program. And, and uh, that's my workouts these days. Yeah, that's uh, amazing. But also like you've got a community to work out with, right? And you've got music. Oh, so you're factoring yeah. in so many things that will keep you going because it's uh, it's enjoyable, it's fun, it's motivating. You're getting feedback as you're teaching, and you're getting your own workout. So it just kind of ticks all the boxes. Yeah. Well, and, and it also it does as you were saying, it's a social event. Mm. Uh, I mean, I'm kicking back to the brain fitness, and we were talking about that. You know, the five pillars include uh, socialization. It includes learning something new, so memorizing routines. You know, this is for members as well as well as me, uh, but learning new routines, the physical activity. Those are three of the, the five pillars of brain fitness right there. Then there's nutrition and stress reduction. And of course, stress reduction from exercise is also something else. So, I mean, it really is a beneficial program in any way. I mean, any exercise, group exercise program is. Um, so it, it has been great for me in, in staying in condition. And I've had you know, had injuries through the years too. I've had two joint replacements and back surgery. Wow. Uh, okay. And take a lick and keep on ticking, you know? <laughs> yeah. Okay. I want to get onto quite a big topic that's um, popular here on the podcast. Um, so like you, I started off uh, as a personal trainer straight out of university. We have very similar um, journeys. I was probably one of the very first female, if not the first female personal trainer in New Zealand. And it was when, you know, everyone's like, <clears throat> well, who's going to get a personal trainer? That's no career because only people like Madonna can afford a PT. Um, and I obviously went into the industry and felt like I had that mindset. I don't know if anyone's going to pay for this. What was really cool was my first client was a, she was 55 at the time. 
And she came to me and she'd just come back from her doctor and she was told that she needed to do some strength training because she was borderline osteoporosis. Now that was my very first client and I was 21. What would I have known about that? Nothing. So, but what I did know was strength training. I was doing bodybuilding. I knew how to lift weights and I knew how to coach a woman, <clears throat> excuse me, how to do it properly and safely. So we had a fantastic 10 years of training together. Um, but I did not know that during that time, she was probably post-menopause, what I understand now. And the whole reason that she was training and her health conditions were because she'd been told you need to do these things. But not once did she mention the word menopause. And I actually picked up tons of midlife women. And I'm a young 20-year-old, you know, <laughs> doing my thing, training yeah. them all as hard as I would train. And they were incredible. There were lots of little things that I did pick up when I think back now, like some of them were exhausted sometimes coming into the gym no sleep they would talk about sweating before we even got started there were so many things that I know now that I didn't know then have you had that experience too and what's your journey been like training women in midlife and what do you know about training women in menopause well uh you know a good trainer certainly listens and adapts you know based on the day so you know, whether they said, you know, I'm going through menopause or they're just not feeling up, they're tired, whatever, I would always uh, adapt and, you know, work with what, what they were ready to do. So uh, the, uh, you know, of course, this leads up to the fact that, yes, I read your book and uh, I thought it was great, uh, you know, uh, my menopause journey or memoir. My memoir, memoir. yeah. <laughs> yes, memoir. Anyway, in reading that, it was very interesting to me um, because, you know, yes, I could see that in hindsight with some of my clients. Absolutely. I mean, I trained, I, you know, I've always trained women in, in their, in, in midlife. I had a phrase that I was looking for the right midlife. Let's say, say yeah, midlife. the middle of um, life, generally the middle of life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That'll, that'll work. Yeah. Um, but, you know, so, I mean, but truthfully, like I said, uh, I, I would adapt as they needed. So we always, we never had a, a major, major issues with anything, but it was enlightening to read your book about all the things you could experience because, you know, well, here's another thing. And, you know, it's important is <laughs> here's the plug. It'd be great for, for all trainers to read your book. All personal oh, trainers. thank you. Well, and, and here's the here's the reason yeah. why is because even if you're there, if, if it's female trainer, not everybody experiences all of those things. You know, my wife was somebody who menopause was was a heartbeat. You know, she she didn't have sweats. She did, you know, she didn't. Uh, I mean, it wasn't the hot and cold. It wasn't, you know, she didn't go, have all that. She, you know, her skin got a little drier and that was about it. Yeah. You know, the one so in five. She, well, yeah. I mean, she, so, so, you know, if I based it on that or if, if she based it on that, yeah, you no, know, it wasn't, it, menopause wasn't hard for me. So, you know, you go forward and, and assume other people's the same, the same. And, and what your book did was, was show the spectrum of how many different things come into play during perimenopause and menopause. And uh, I think that's enlightening for everybody, male or female. 
you know, mm -hmm. to, trainers to read or, or not trainers, uh, participants to read as well. Uh, it is anytime, you know, we all know, I mean, I, we have this as we get older too, you know, all the aches and pains and what is that and what's all that about. And we always have questions about what, okay, now what? Um, and half of it, a lot of times, you know, I, I like I had my hip replaced, uh, oh, eight months ago or mid last year, maybe it's coming up on a year, but the, um, but I worked as hard as I could th through the, you know, the point where I had surgery and then came back as quickly as I could. But, you know, initially when my hip was starting off, I'm going to go, oh, okay, let me get this checked out. Cause I don't know how bad this is. What is this? What's going on? You know? And the doctor tells you, he tells me it's arthritis. You know, okay, good. I know what I can do with arthritis. You know, mm. as soon as the, you take the fear factor of you don't know what this is and get rid of that, you can, you can continue to work and work through stuff. Uh, and, you know, I did, like I said, I did right up until my surgery. I was had, teaching a full class the day before. Uh, but that, that is true with perimenopause and menopause. If you're sitting there going, okay, I don't know what this is personally, you know, if you're experiencing it, experiencing it uh, and you don't know what something is, then the worry factor and the fear factor is going to be much, much greater. And that just adds to stress and adds to every, every other problem you might have. Uh, so to, to be able to put a label on that and say, this is what that is, can take a huge amount of stress off you. And, you know, and, and again, you, you offer solutions, things you can do uh, in the book as well. But, but awareness of this important for people working with people going through perimenopause and menopause and in people important for people who are going through it and wondering what the hell am I doing? You know, yeah. what is this? What's an, now what? Yeah. And actually, one of the things that like, thank you for the feedback and um, your take on the book. I really appreciate that. But I also really feel that partners uh, or people that are close to a person experiencing perimenopause would get a lot of value from it. And that's a lot of feedback that I've had. It's just, I don't know what's happening to my significant other. It's crazy up here in oh, the house. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, and now they probably read a couple of chapters and go, okay, you know, I have so much more empathy. And, you know, when you had that rage or when you forgot your children's names, let's talk about that <laughs> now, you know, um, and that's right. probably, yeah, I just, I think putting the, putting the message out there, being open, vulnerable and sharing was, uh, I just wanted to help people with understanding but of course you know being deeply passionate about the fitness industry and watching these women now who possibly don't even know that they are going through perimenopause training the same way that they trained maybe five years ago and they've been continuing to do that and a lot of it is about the fact that it makes them feel good right they love a good hit workout love to see their heart rate soar um, and there's nothing wrong with HIT. I endorse it, you know, every now and again. And once a week in your training program is great. Um, but just the confusion as they walk away or the little side comments like, I don't understand why I've put on five kilos in the last three months. Like I hear that all the time. Sure. What's your experience with that? About the weight gain it, or, yeah. or just... Uh, uh, yeah, what, what are you hearing? Like you're still, you're still working inside a facility as well. So you spend a bit of time in the gym. Do you see a similar thing to me? Do you see women of this vintage and do you hear that kind of comment? <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, I mean, you, you'll hear that all the time. You know, I mean, I was, 
I was X until, you know, I started menopause and now I'm this and, and how do I, you know, handle this and, and, um, you know, I'm still working as hard as I was before or, you know, and, uh, you know, I'm starving myself. I ate air. <laughs> yeah. Right. And, and I'm getting fat on air, you know? Yeah. Uh, you know, so, I mean, yeah, you have to have those discussions with them and, and, um, you know, and it, it, it sometimes it's hard for them to hear and it's hard for them to take, you know, and, and listen to uh, that, that things will need to change, you know, how you do things needs to yeah. change. Um, but, but, you know, and at the same time, you want to continue to promote everything, you, you know, the healthy eating, the healthy, uh, the, the rest, the, the, uh, the workouts themselves and, and to activity in general, you know, being as physically active as you can. Uh, but also giving yourself a chance to take a break and, and, you know, well, that's, which what's interesting is that the industry is now pushing it into recovery more, Yeah. which is, which is good to make more people aware of how important recovery is and for different reasons. Yeah. Um, you know, whether you had a super hard workout or your body's just not playing game, you know, playing along with you today. Yeah. Maybe it's time for more recovery. Yeah, thanks for bringing that up, Mark, because I've actually released an online course and I do a section that discusses I did see that. the importance of, thank you, the importance of recovery rest. Like it's a whole section and it, it's scientifically based around why it's important for your menopause symptoms to completely recover from training. Um, because right. I feel like um, women kind of get up in their head that if I'm not getting results, I should probably go harder, right? I, I don't think it's just women, but I, yeah. I, I think that's that's societal's uh, take on it. You know, it, it, obviously you're not eating right and you're not working out hard enough. Yeah, you know, yeah. Work, if you're not losing the weight, work out harder, you know, eat less. Yeah, it's devastating actually, those messages, because this is yeah. a incredibly enlightening, amazing period of life that has a few challenges, but you come out the other end. And like you said, the foundations uh, the, to continue to train, continue to move, eat healthy and well, rest and recovery, decrease your stress and find the things that blow your hair back, you know, um, that make you laugh, that the people that, that make you feel good about yourself and just keep going. I mean, it, it's anything up to 10 years. So, you know, you might as well go, okay, let me just put aside that six pack. <laughs> just, just put right. that on the shelf because my overall health I want to live to a hundred. And that's always been my message. I want to live to look back on this incredible life and, um, and enjoy it as much as possible to be moving, to be experiencing the world at 90, you know? So I think right. all of these things that we want to do and this 10 year blip of menopause, if it's that long for a lot of people, then just, we're going to get through it with some really good health foundations. Um, so that's sort of my message to women is like, let's just put the number on the scales and the, and the six pack and all that kind of thinking, you've got to get out of that because this is not going to be the life for you right now. <laughs> right. There's a whole lot right. more, you know, to it. But, but you know, what, what's interesting too, is that, that I think that COVID taught us or COVID, COVID pushed us more into an awareness of the importance of health as a, as a society, I think. Mm. And, you know, people's, desire is not as much the six pack anyway these days as we're as we're getting you know aging as yeah. we age people are much more likely to, to say i want to be able to do this until i'm 90 or 100 you know rather than i need to look like this 
you know, so it's much more functional and, and, and practical, you know, getting out there and doing something, getting better to be able to do something. Yeah. Uh, or be health or be healthy in general, because, you know, you, we, we've seen a lot of people uh, pass away because of health issues and, you know, anything we can do to, to lessen that chance uh, it, it becomes more and more important as, as it kind of stares us down in the face. Yeah. Uh, so we've spoken about training women in midlife. And so what are your top tips? Like here's one for the boys. <laughs> what are your top tips for training um, sort of 50 plus? Like what things should you be taking into consideration as a male with your fitness training, your wellness? What are your top tips, Mark? Well, you know, I, I, I've taught trainers, you know, how to teach older adults. And, you know, the, my, the first thing I always say is, that you know the the, diff- the biggest difference between training you know somebody who's you know, we'll, I'm going to leave menopause out of this for for a bit but just just say that the biggest difference is that we've had more time to screw things up you know we've had <laughs> yeah. we've had more time to do we've done more drugs we've done more you know damage to our bodies um, we've had plenty of time to do this we've had plenty of time to be lazy and not moving and develop diseases and and conditions and everything else so we are fully capable of progressing and, and doing well, but we have to look, really look at where we are. Uh, and that's, that's the biggest, hardest thing is to take a look at where you are right now and start from there versus where I remember I used to be, mm. uh, which is, you know, if, if they were ever an athlete or ever worked out before, you'll always hear, but I used to do. And uh, you go, well, okay. You know, my, my, typical and by popular the population i work with in general is i do i specialize in post rehab so people with injuries in general but really the older population too i i typically say 45 on uh and uh so they've they've had injuries and they've had other things and and you know no matter what their ego tells them they should do what how i start them off is looking for the safe zone and I tell them this, and this is not going to be your best workout. We're going to go through some movements. I want to see how you move. And, you know, and then I want to see how you feel the next day. Yeah. And if, if all's good, then we found the safe zone from this point, we can progress and move on from here, but I don't want to jump in at any high level. You know, I used to do this, jump in where you think you might be able to do, and you know, you'll find yourself crippled the next day, unable, you know, too sore to move. Uh, so to get them to, to get any, you know, male or female, if, if they haven't done anything recently to get them to back off the, I used to do's and uh, let's, let's just look at where you are today. That's yeah. that. The biggest tip is, is be real with yourself and, and, you know, where are you physically today Yeah. Um, and start from there. And the other thing is, is that, you know, it is like you were talking about the, the 10 year span there. This is all a journey, you know, and where we're, where we're going is, is longevity and functional abilities you know there's no sense of living long if you don't live well uh you know i don't want to spend the last 10 years in a wheelchair you know that yeah. kind of thing uh so so this is a journey you know i'm, I'm i turned 65 this year and you know it gives me yeah 40 more years anyway uh so i want those to be a good 40 years yeah uh, no i can appreciate so, that so starting is the, the biggest the biggest tip is that uh and then progress 
slow and smooth. You can, you know, don't jump weights when you, you raise a weight, go about the next smallest increment you can. And just, you know, continuous constant progression. And then listen to your bodies is the other thing is you having a day where you just don't have it, you don't feel as good, you know what, back off. It, it, again, in the journey, it's no big deal. It's, it, you know, in the scheme of things. So listen to your body. I mean, back when I was young, I mean, you know, again, strengthening, powerlifting, um, you know, you'd, you'd push through stuff. Oh, I think I tweaked something there. Okay, I get 10 more sets. Yeah. Uh, and, and now you kind of go, oh, you know what? Uh, I'll back off for a day or two. And, and you know, that, that's how we, you know, you, then it only takes a day or two to recover from injuries as opposed to pushing through. And now you have a month, two months or surgery lined up uh, because you weren't listening to your body. Yeah. So listen to your body is the other tip. Hey, Mark, thank you so much. Great to finish this episode on those top tips for training through midlife. I really appreciate that. And it's always really good to reconnect. And I'm hoping that the next time I see you, it's in person. <laughs> I, that'd, that'd be great, Tracy. I'd, I'd love that. Thanks, Mark. Hey, Sexy Aging Podcast listener. Thank you for taking the time every week to listen to these episodes with my amazingly generous guests. Every episode, I come away inspired and educated. The production of this podcast is a completely solo effort. I do all the guest sourcing, recording, editing, and marketing, and you help to spread the word. And for that, I'm grateful that we gain an average of 500 downloads per episode. So I'm keeping it real here and sharing something with you. I've been approached by brands that would like to sponsor this podcast. Of course, being able to remunerate the time I commit to the podcast, the past 18 months and over 50 episodes, it would be great to get paid a little and keep going. Here's the thing. I can't just have any brand want to promote their products here. The brands need to be real to us. Would I use this? Do I believe in it? Does it actually work for my audience? So if you know of a brand or you are a brand that you believe would be a complimentary partner to Sexy Aging, drop me an email to tracy at sexyaging.com and let's talk. I'll put that email address in the show notes. Thanks. enjoyed listening to this episode as much as I enjoyed talking with my guest. I'm so grateful to learn that so many people are sharing the podcast with their families and friends. If you are a new listener, then I encourage you to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. I'd also love to know how you feel about the content, so take a quick minute to review and send your feedback. If you're a Spotify listener, there is also a poll and a question at the end of every episode, and I'd love to gain your insights there. Till next time, Keep it sexy.